0: Welcome to the Esports Network podcast. I'm here, Kevin Correa, of course, hosting as always, talking about the latest and greatest things happening within the esports industry, and a lot of that includes the education and kind of the, the the leagues built up around the younger generation of gamers. And here to help me talk about that, let's welcome in some of the members from Generation Esports, Charles Riley, the founder, one of the founders and president of Education and Research, and Marcus Watts. He's the director of marketing. Uh, in case you don't know, Generation Esports is one of the largest competitive gaming organizations serving schools and communities in North America. You guys, you guys are based out of Kansas City, Missouri, right in the center of the heartland of the country. Uh, they just helped launch the high school eSports League, the N, is it the NJAACE and other collegiate leagues. There's a bunch of leagues out there that they're working on, kind of developing and working to make this an actual product. But this past year, I think the middle school eSports League also launched. So You guys are really just working hard and developing things. So uh, thank you guys for coming on the show, taking time out of your busy holiday weekend to come on and, and talk about general Esports.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us, Kevin. Pleasure to be here. So
0: let's give a, a little bit of quick little, you know, uh, I guess like a LinkedIn bio background really quick. Charles, you helped uh, build the foundation for Generation Esports as its chief customer officer for almost, what, a decade plus at this point before moving into your current role. So you've obviously made some big changes in the past few years. I know this is kind of a, a, a real major one in the past uh, for, for you. So, again, I, the work you've done. Awesome and I'm glad to see you brought Marcus on as well in the past few, uh, past two years or so Marcus marketing director for generation eSports and your former FIBA pro you moved into a career of business and marketing so you you made that transition from athletics into an actual kind of uh, business role very well so uh, props to you my man
1: thank you appreciate
0: it uh, so I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere. So, I guess coming into, I guess, a startup uh, phase or coming from a traditional sports and business background, how did your guys' career paths take a turn towards esports? So, let's
2: start with Charlie here. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I guess I was always interested in starting my own business, um, and me and Mason used to game all the time. We we met each other in high school and we play World of Warcraft together a while and uh, spent most of our time doing that outside of high school. And mm-hmm. then we both went to Mizzou. And in that first semester, I I learned pretty quickly that I wasn't meant for college. and <laughs> um, I'd skip classes and just play WoW all the time. Uh, Mason, I think, went to classes. I'm not sure. But I know we play a lot and grind it out. Um, I eventually dropped out because, uh, I was having twin boys. So I was 21 and, uh, I needed to get a job and Mason, you know, he continued to go to school and we both got jobs and then I was raising kids and I felt like I do not I, I don't, I don't know what I want to do with my future, but I know I don't want to work doing somebody else's dream. Type mm-hmm. thing. So, Uh, We'd get together and, um, you know, brainstorm what we wanted to do. And then esports was popping up with League of Legends and we were playing that a lot. Um, And then we were both, we were like, hey, we wanted, we were competitive gamers in high school. So why not do that now? Um, Mason doesn't remember this, but I tell this all the time. He wanted to become a coach (laughs) and go over to Korea Um, and and coach players over there even though I don't think he'd be good enough (laughs) to do that I was like why don't we just do that here and then that's where the idea came from like hey let's let's start a high school league and um, that was back in 2012 we both had um, pretty crappy jobs um, but they paid the bills and at that time the the economy was not so great Um, and so we just started, um, you know, it, it's like, Hey, I don't want to have any regrets not working on something or, it, you know, if I never tried this out, that would be the biggest regret. So, um, and we knew it'd be big. We knew that was going to be the future. Um, and we, we wanted to give back as well. So it was something that we were super passionate about and, um, we just knew we wanted to be a part of it in some way. And if anybody was going to do it, it might as well be us. Um, that was our attitude and, um, everybody wants to be successful, but, uh, successful, but nobody wants to put in the work. So we just started and we kept meeting more and more people, more successful people. And, um, and led us to, to here. So at a certain point we weren't making money for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, we didn't really need to, we were delivering pizzas. Uh, (laughs) I was living in my parents' basement with my, uh, or I was living at my parents' house. I was in the basement. My two kids were upstairs with them, but um, it was, it was a struggle, but we knew we wanted to um, do this and eventually it would get bigger. And we're just, I don't know. It was a grind and (laughs) we believed in it so much and it was our dream. And we're like, there's nothing makes us happier than getting uh, helping a kid out or a school out because we're we're changing so many lives that that's that's our biggest driver. Like I still get uh, the tingles in my spine whenever I hear a success story of a kid that was going to drop out or mm-hmm. was suicidal, and then they found this this club and. Or got on a team, or the the school started teaching a class, and it completely changed their life around. So, I got in it into it because I've been gaming my whole life, and I just I think I was just drawn to this world, and eventually we we made our place in it.
0: No, for sure. And that's, that's, man, that's a crazy story. It's always, you always hear something like that with, with these, uh, these startups, you hear like a crazy story like that. I think yours is definitely the, <laughs> takes the cake though. I mean, having to raise two boys and, and that's, I'm sure that's, that, that's a struggle the whole time. And then I'm glad to have you here now, man. That, that's, that's quite a journey. And so, uh, congrats for that. Just, it's just major, major props. And so, uh, Marcus, I'm sure your story is a little bit different as well. You kind of had a more of a traditional sports background. You, you played collegiate ball a little bit, you moved to, uh, FIBA pro leagues, and now you're kind of working working in esports how did that happen for you
1: yeah it's a. Uh, I, I feel like when they probably saw my resume they were like what the heck <laughs> is this guy doing here but uh i'll give you a long story but short story is it's what you just heard from from charlie mm. like being a part of something that's bigger than yourself and a part of something that's gonna support some kids who may who will get the chance to get something that you never had and get to talk about how they can make their own path in a, something that never existed before. That's why I'm, that's why I came, you know, to the corporate world. So I, I'm an, I'm an army brat. First off, I grew up mm-hmm. most of my life, most of my childhood overseas, about 13 years in other countries. Um, and I graduated from high school in Anchorage, Alaska. We moved around like different places in, in Europe, Texas. I ended up in Anchorage, Alaska, where I, had the pleasure of being impacted by, uh, Ronnie Chalmers, who is, who was my head basketball coach, the father of Mario Chalmers, mm-hmm. who on to be a three-time NBA champion. And that led to some opportunities in college to pursue getting my degree with the support of an athletic scholarship, which we'll come back to, right. I would then transfer to Florida Gulf coast in Louisiana, which is really, that's where my family's from. We're from Southwest Florida. So all, I mean, talking about 20 cousins, 10 aunts, everybody's in Florida, um, all originally from Jamaica. (laughs) And after college, you know, I realized very quickly that there was an opportunity outside of just the NBA, which, you know, 1% of people are going to make it. You got a better chance of, um, you know, whipping up fries at McDonald's. Not that that's something that, you know, anyone that does that is any lesser, but there's a much better chance of that than getting a chance to play at the highest level. Once I got to college, I realized Who are these guys? They're they're pros in something else. It's still around basketball. It's just not that same level. Um, it's in other countries. And then so that was the goal after that. You know, excelling at academics, I asserted myself. And basketball was something that, you know, college was, it's funny because Charlie talks about, you know, college isn't for everybody. It's not. What's funny is college was like high school wasn't, like academics really weren't. But when I got to college, the flow of it fit me so much better. It wasn't anyone telling me what to do. I can make my own time outside of having to be certain places for sports. And I just, I enjoyed it. Um, I would then go on to you know play professionally and I played about six, seven years, New Zealand, Portugal, Denmark, South America. And the whole time I was leveraging this thing that I realized was available to me as soon as I set foot on campus to become the next career path. Because what I realized was when you tell anyone that you were a pro in something, they approach you different doors, mm-hmm. get knocked down, certifications go out the window. And I love sports and I love athletics and training because I was, uh, chubby slow unathletic kid for most of my life and then i was like six one as a freshman i was six five the next year i was six eight by the end of that year wow and then it took another two years for my body to actually catch up and by that time i had developed hard work in something and now the skills came with the hard work which is kind of what we do when we're talking the academic side of game plan and all that stuff right Mm -hmm. so like, well i'm just going to leverage this so the goal was play basketball just purely to build my resume and have fun flying to other countries and if i could embarrass as many grown men as i could <laughs> um, and i was i would use that to start my business so i opened up i came home i opened up a training business i trained mm-hmm. like five of the top 10 players all time out of southwest florida which is like venice tampa South, um excuse me venice like sarasota point of area charlotte mm-hmm. county then I, would op- I started managing a facility inside of fitness, training pros, training semi-pro football teams, NFL, MLB pros. And then I opened my first of two gyms. And in that time, through all of that, I had no, I mean, I went to school for business, but they don't really teach you marketing. Mm-hmm. They really don't teach you anything except learning, thinking that you have to do everything on your own. That's what I took from it. Though I know a lot of people take a lot more. To me, I feel like everyone's telling me I need to do everything. I, d- I didn't think that was the right way to go about it. I had to do marketing in all these gyms i had no marketing budget i had i had to figure stuff out so by the time 2016 came i stopped playing around 2011 2016 came i felt like i had figured out the fitness business pretty strong i had a lot of credentials I had a well-known national brand mm-hmm. and i was like i need to move on to the next thing and i started getting into digital marketing i pretty much became like a 30 year old 32 year old intern <laughs> working for as many companies as I could, getting access to their apps. I wanted to know what they use for their for their email or know what they used for how did they write emails? How did they, I started investing in courses. I started growing. Next thing you know, I'm on projects in Google and YouTube. I have a consulting agency. I'm running coaching programs for some of the top marketers in the country. Shout out Travis Stevenson um, from Chatmatic. And then an opportunity came up um, with Generation Esports. And I actually came on as a consultant which is fun for me because I'm not trying to work for anybody. I haven't worked for anybody since I was in high school mm-hmm. really. Um, and I thought it was a super cool project getting to come on and help, um, title title one schools, raise money for the arts, for bands, the reason we were on supporting a project called battle of the bands, Charlie, I know you remember that. And it was cool. I got to meet a lot of cool people. I got to showcase some of my skills and I was like, this company is freaking cool how cool is it that kids, this thing exists. I, I had no clue. Mm. So at that point I just dove in. I, they liked me they gave me an opportunity. And uh, a few months later they offered me a full-time position and here I am now, it's been almost a year and a half. And I can't believe to say that cheese. And, um, I absolutely love it because you know what, like mm-hmm. Charlie said, man, to know those guys who are delivering pizzas stand on the couch believing that there was something that could happen for these kids and now you see it there's a bunch of nerds in this company and nerds are freaking cool it's not what it used to it's not what Mm -hmm. you think it's like it and there's jobs in this like what it's so it's just an absolute blast i could talk i love saying that i work for one of the largest scholastic esports platforms in the country Mm -hmm. and that we get to give kids something none of us ever had
0: no, man, it's, uh, this is something I'm, I'm seeing a lot of. I've, I've read like little testimonials here and there about Generation Esports, and it's something always everybody has a story. Everybody has something that, that impacted them from this platform or from somebody involved with, with Generation Esports. It's just something that I think is really, it's it's really underrated when you come to think of it, just like the importance of people telling you their story. And so, I mean, so Marcus, you, you come into this role, you, you, I don't, did you realize like what Esports was? Had you heard about it through the grapevine or was it just kind of like, Surprise and intrigue for you what was that that kind of reaction like when you walked in and saw mm. generation eSports
1: yeah that's a great question so originally so I got I had not played game i had I was a avid gamer when I was a kid I played on all the consoles um I was a big nBA live 95 player um big Madden and I actually stopped playing games <laughs> I didn't play all through college because my brothers had my two little brothers. They had never beat me ever, ever in a game, our entire childhood. And one week in high school, they both beat me in the same week on Madden. And I did not, I can't, <laughs> I couldn't get yeah, both in the same week. It was like, so I hadn't really gamed until I came back into gaming as a pro gaming was a way for me to connect with people back home. Mm-hmm. I played with my brother. I played with my teammates. We had party, like we just would, and, and I realized how I remember how fun it was. Um, I didn't know that these opportunities really existed about a year and a half before I found Generation Esports, I started going to Esports seminars in the city of Tampa. There's a big, um, Esports webinar, uh, a big Esports convention that goes on at the University of, uh, Tampa or not the University of Tampa, but USF. Mm. And one of my mentors, um, Derek Wofford from High Point Gamer, I've known him since I was 12 years old. He was one of my, sol- he was one of my dad's soldiers. And he's the one that invited me out. And I was just blown away by the business of esports and the amount of opportunities that presented itself for me as a marketer and for jobs in general. So I didn't really know what existed. When I came into Generation Esports, I was even more excited because it's for me, it's like a, a free working space. Hmm. Like a free, like it's just free flowing. I just get to create, I just get to work, I get to solve problems. And I get a bunch of people that let me know like how I can improve. And like, I can't really ask for more than that. I mean, and I have a great team as well. You know, we've done a good job of putting together a strong team and the leadership is taking feedback um, so we can continue doing that because we've got some really big places that we want to take Generation Esports.
0: For sure. And so, Charlie, I'm going to ask you the same question, but a little bit differently, because you grew up kind of already being a gamer. You grew up playing the games with Mason, everything like that. So what was the initial reaction, not from you, but from people around you, people like your family, your parents? What was their reaction when they heard like, oh, he's he's going into business to try and get this Generation Esports thing off the ground? What is Esports? What is e-gaming for them? Like, what, what was that like reaction for you like and how did you kind of uh, tackle it?
2: Yeah, my mom told me uh, when I told her I was quitting my job to uh, deliver pizzas and and focus on on this. She thought I was crazy <laughs> um, and uh, but she knew I was super passionate about it. They always supported me throughout the years. Um, uh, you know, they were kind of hands off with what they were telling me I need to do with my my future. They never told me I had to go to college or anything. So um, they said, sounds wonderful. They didn't understand what it was. And I still have to explain things to them now, Uh, (laughs) but uh, fully supportive. Um, Mm -hmm. Anybody I talked to thought it was a great idea. Um, They just didn't know what I was going to do to, to do it because I had no, we, both me and Mason didn't come from money we we sc- scraped by and use our own money to do this and we were max- maxing out credit cards and um you know it was i just i just knew it was going to happen we both did we both believed so much that it didn't matter if anybody gave us negative feedback we'd go to schools um we'd set up meetings with schools and show up and they're they some would laugh at us or say there's no way. Some um, would say, "Okay, we're we're all in," but what what do we got to do? And then at some points we we're like, well, shoot. We got to build more uh, more of a network of schools to get an actual good competition going." So, yeah, it was. I would say there's less than one percent of the people I talked to were negative about it or said good luck. But some people were definitely like games in schools there's no way that's ever going to happen but you know we just went along and then more and more people were they saw the ideas like when robert morris um college that's what it's called right um (laughs) i came out the first scholarship it was like and that was five six years ago i can't remember it's been that long but we were like it's heading in the right direction. We just need more of that. And then more and more colleges were offering scholarships. So it made it easier for us to go to schools and say, Hey, we're giving out scholarships as prizes. Um, and they can go to colleges to continue this. And, um, so it just made it easier. The more people were supporting the idea and actually making it happen in their schools, the, you know, the, the easier for us, but we still get people now that, have no idea they've never heard of esports in schools or gaming in schools. And, um, they, they'll just say, there's no way. Um, but it, as, as you've seen with COVID, mm-hmm. um, it's changing the entire way we live and and think and how schools operate. So we're also changing an institution that really doesn't change that fast. Um, and they're going to need to adopt, this quickly because we we've seen with our curriculum and um, after school programs that we help develop it it's really really great for the students. Um, so the more we can show these schools that what we offer is the solution they're looking for, the the quicker we can help these kids out and um, you know change the whole whole world. I I always say that like every day, we're going to change the world with this stuff. So, um, and I I really believe that. But again, nothing but positive, positive vibes for it.
0: No, for sure. And so, I mean, let's talk about like the, the ins and outs of generation esports right now, it's 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 crazy. I mean, I feel like uh, the most growth I've seen out of this company was thanks to, not I, mean, I don't want to say thanks to COVID, but because of COVID, kind of the consequences of moving to all virtual and kind of having schools face the fact that, you know, technology is going to be useful at some point, it kind of helped a lot. Was that kind of the experience you faced as well as the COVID was kind of like a system shock for a lot of these, you know, independent school dis- districts and, and colleges to kind of move forward with this esports
2: initiatives? Oh yeah. Um, When it was, you know, back in March, 2020, we were all just like, what is happening right now? And um, we just waited and schools came to us and said, there's nothing else we can offer these students except for this because they're all going to be at home. If they have a gaming system, we can sign them up. Some school districts were saying, we're not going to let any kids do any clubs because that's just not fair. Um, But I, I just, couldn't agree with that, but you know we can't control the school districts um but yeah, it's more and more schools now are saying we we need to we need to get this and fast and that we're coming up with solutions that um you know they're they're begging for more mm. they're begging for more curriculum they're they want they're like, what do we need to do we're out of our that we've never done this before, so we hire people that have been doing gaming their whole life, and we we have the most knowledge and experience out of anybody to to help these school districts. Um, so, what you'll see is, I I think this next year is going to be explosive with how schools are going to change the way they think because so many teachers are leaving districts now to go pursue other jobs because they're they just they're facing an impossible task to, um, change everything, how they teach angry parents, kids aren't showing up. Um, grades are slipping. Mental health is, there's a crisis right now with all of that. Um, and we, we have solutions for that. So, but yeah, COVID definitely did shock the world or the education system. And I think, it's, it's lagging behind with how people are reacting because there's such a slow, it's such a slow institution mm-hmm. because how many districts are there, how many schools, and they're all different on how they work. Um, but I think they're gearing up and the more we can put ourselves out there, um, the quicker we can help, uh, change this, this way. So yeah, it's it COVID was just, a uh, it was it was the catalyst that we kind of needed. With um, I I won't say we needed that, but the system needed to change anyways. I thought, in, when I was in school, I'm like, this is not for me. The way they're doing it is it's not the right way. Um, but I didn't have the answers on how they could change it. But I think we're we're building we're building that here.
0: I feel like this is giving like a better, I guess, answer in terms of uh, what to do with COVID. But now that we're moving you know, towards a post-pandemic period, this will definitely kind of help shape things up a little bit more for the future decade. Like you mentioned, this next year is going to be explosive, obviously not just for Generation Esports, but for Esports in general, so it'll be a pretty explosive year. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Marcus, I know you came on in the middle of the pandemic almost, right right as it was kicking off into high gear here in the States. What were you seeing from your perspective at your position that kind of, uh, I know the, the early days of your position were kind of like constant questions of like what is happening with covid what is happening with with what we're doing what were those early days like for you in the middle of joining a new company and having to face COVID at the same time
1: that's a really good question so uh, it's very interesting because for example like my father is an rotc instructor so for him to move to now everything being distance learning it was a challenge for him Mm -hmm. you know learning how where most of us had already been using zoom in the business space for i don't know three years three years maybe
3: Mm -hmm.
1: a lot of these educators they didn't know how to do that they didn't and those and like charlie's saying those systems were not in place to number one make it a simple transition and number two the ease of actually using like the actual application like people didn't they didn't have that so as someone who had been working from home because i literally i've been consulting and running my businesses since you know around 2016 digitally it was easy for me it was great that's what Charlie said for for our industry was great because we were there to fill that void right um but yeah it was a lot of people just not knowing how they make this transition and i think like charlie said it's it's great um, as a problem solver and marketing our job is to make sure that we can get the messages out overcome objections help people have that epiphany i think that COVID helped a lot of people have that epiphany on their own. We're still amidst the hero's two journeys, you know, I mean, pandemic kind of started to, you know, we heard down here, oh, woe is us. And then we're like, oh, things are getting a little better and look at everyone getting on board. And then, you know, we're hitting kind of another bit of a, of a, of a plummet now, and, and hopefully it doesn't last very long. But, um, I think that people recognize the need for us having the ability to have distance learning. For us to use the technology and, like, you know, for what we do with gaming concepts as a curriculum and, you know, um, game plan as a platform, you know, it, it gives us the opportunity for educators to take the things that are, you know, inside of esports and make it fun for these kids. They can develop skills in the game and use it as a normal curriculum. And it's giving the educators much more to be able to connect with the kids as well. So I, I agree with Charlie. It was just, People didn't know how to navigate it. We're just trying to help fill that void, but also make them aware of look at the opportunities in and around the business of esports that there are for you to connect with your kids and for your kids to get an opportunity in the future.
0: For sure. And so, uh, a big thing about Generation Esports that I've taken notice is, is the fact that bringing those kids to the future. Uh, part of that is bringing at-risk kids, like you guys mentioned earlier, Title One schools, kids in 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 those schools. And you guys are also contributing funds to educational resources across the nation. I mean, what has I mean, Charlie? What has driven this initiative for you guys? What what makes I guess uh, going for these 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 kids who have less than so so enticing for you guys? And obviously, I mean, you know, for for a lot of people, they would say like, oh, this is a great you know just PR story or whatever. But for you guys, it's something different, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I mean, I just want to help every kid in every school and uh, give them, give everyone the opportunities that um, some people have access to, and a lot of others don't. I think with this, this is the great uh, esports is the great unifier, and um, the the government. Uh, the federal government gave out so many funds to every school that the, uh COVID 19 ESSER funds. Mm-hmm. Um, so every school district um, received millions of dollars. I think it was $3,700 per kid um, in one round. And they've done, I think, three rounds now. Um, and they gave these districts all this money to find solutions. Um, so right now there's really no excuse for a district to, to not adopt esports in curriculum. They, they can afford it. The money's just sitting there if they haven't allocated it yet. So we're, we're helping out with that. Um, but it's, it's awesome seeing kids that didn't have anything or, um, no computers, no gaming systems and and the smiles and on their face when they're able to compete at a high level and win scholarships and completely change their lives. And title one and, um, lower income schools. It's, it's amazing. Um, and for the at-risk kids, we're, we're finding out through some of our studies that, um, we're, we're capturing the most at-risk kids, um, in certain, um, groups that, we we've never seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're doing a research study right now that once it's done, we'll be able to show the world that this adopting gaming into schools is going to be the greatest move that schools can do. Um, It's pretty low cost and super impactful. And it's, it's going to give results that schools have been desperately looking for, for the past 20 years because of, um, the mental health decline that our country has been seeing. uh, I guess they say depression and suicide has been up over the last 20 years Mm -hmm. and nobody really has an answer. Um, I know schools, we we talk about this a lot. Schools will bring in somebody, they'll pack the gym and then they'll talk about um, Mm -hmm. mental health. But what does that, what does that really do for a kid? Um, What impact does that have? We actually have um, data and stats or whatever you want to do or call it, uh, showing how, how great this is for the kids they are involved. And then we're building out that pipeline, um, from elementary all the way up through college and beyond to, to help these kids get into an industry that they've been a part of just by playing games, but they, then they can actually get in and, um, create a, a life for themselves, uh, and it's really awesome. So nothing makes me happier. Uh, I wake up every day super happy. I go to bed and sleep like a baby now, <laughs> knowing that what we're doing is um, is is really going to impact a lot of lives. Millions of kids uh, for, for years to come. Oh. If, it, if it all goes right. Right, right.
0: Right, so. Hey man, things things look like they're, like they're on the uh, up and up for for Generation Esports, and so you guys are obviously working hard to to address all the needs of kids around the around not just around the country, but really work focusing you know across borders as well. And so I guess uh, Marcus, for you, I know you've kind of been around the world, around the globe, a little bit of a globe trotter, and you kind of you know you, you got to experience a lot of things. You got to see how things were, were different in certain places, and so when you came back home and you joined Generation Esports, um, I guess. Like, what was that reaction to to seeing them make these initiatives towards working with these, these at-risk kids, towards working with these underfunded schools, towards, you know, kind of helping bridge and impact the gap for these kids uh, when it comes to forming a community and, and, and competing, even if they don't have the best means to do so?
1: No, that's a great question. So I think you kind of mentioned something earlier, which kind of caught my attention, is that a lot of times when you see, it's funny because people will speak about where generation Esports is now. Like we never were where we used to be mm-hmm. like Charlie and, you know what I'm saying? Mason never delivered pizzas and slept on the couch in the office and, and went through that grind for so many years. And here we are, you know, but like 10, 12 years later and yeah, we've, we've come some ways but we have a lot to go. It's funny that people will ever have the conversation about, oh yeah, well, you, now you guys have some money, like, excuse me, like, like that's bullshit because we actually do care. So I feel like at times people will slight companies because they'll say that now they're trying to throw their weight around. Well, sorry that we're actually putting effort into this space that we care about in these communities that we wanna grow in. You know, we're a sponsor for one of the largest world championships um, hosted by the UPA for NBA 2K. Why? Because we don't know that community well and we wanna support it. And we see the benefit of being involved and giving back to that community. So it's funny. I find it, I just find it hilarious if people will ever say, well, yeah, you guys are just pushing the small guy. We are a small guy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we care about these communities. That's why we, I led these, I led these initiatives mm-hmm. in adopting excellence. You know what I'm saying? With underserved schools, I led these initiatives on zoom calls or Google meets with band directors from high schools who have no way of raising money. And we're like, look, we're going to give you all this. We're going to just raise it. We're going to, all the money going to go to you. We just need to cover some of these costs. Like, so it's just hilarious. And the reason that I bring that up is because this conversation came up like last week when I was on a call and it made me so furious. Mm-hmm. I'm like, would you rather that we put money where, where we literally put our money where our mouth was and try to get involved and serve these communities or that we just didn't at all. So it's like, you're damned if you're due, you're damned if you are you are damned if you do not because people will never remember where you came from. They'll only see where you currently are at. Mm-hmm. And for me to see the fact that, I mean, and when I say like, hey, this is what we like to do, or what do you think we should do? Let's just do it. It wasn't a, uh, uh, it wasn't any of that. So that's what, again, made me wanna, you know, from being a contractor who owned all my time doing anything I wanted, whenever I wanted, I get up and I work at five. I work till three in the morning. I don't want to work till four. I'll sleep all day or go hang out with my dog. Um, I was, when the offer came, I jumped at it because I was like, yeah, this is something that I want to be a part of. So it's, it's a blast. It's a blast to get to be on Zoom calls and see kids light up. It's a blast to get to, you know, in, in Nehemiah, who's not a part of this interview, he's on this call, for them to be on, on Google Meets and tell a school that they're about to get an entire computer lab built mm. out. And that we're going to support that ecosystem in their growth in the future. It's fun for us to give away right now. We have the 12 days of gen E going on, mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram. Um, every day you can win prizes for <laughs> us to give away Oculus and us to give away gaming equipment and give away laptops and give away. It's fun for us to do that because no one was doing that for us.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I, I just, I like where we're going. Um, look, we're learning, we're getting better every single day, but. We're a company that, that cares about it, and that's why you hear me speak the way I do about it.
0: For sure, Charlie. I can see why you hired this man. I can, I can definitely see why the man is a, is a genius marketer, just throwing in giveaways in the middle of a serious uh, riff. I love it. And so, I guess, uh, Marcus, I want to ask you because you, you kind of mentioned it earlier. You kind of talked about you know talking on Zoom calls with schools and talking to students. What exactly does your day like day to day activities look like? I mean, I imagine now that you're not a contractor anymore, you're kind of focusing on on, on working for uh, for the initiatives you set forth. I mean, I, you got to be on what like 30 Zoom calls a day talking to what? 50 Fifty different school districts. How does that look for you?
1: Well, you know, originally when I came on, I was more a part of like the partnership and sponsorship side of things. Even though I have a strong background in marketing, and that's why when the opportunity came, that the company rolled me right over. Um, but you know, for me, it's really about every single day. Is it's it's problem solving on. Hey, listen, number one, how can we create more equity for our partners to get to reach more people and tell them about their products? How can we create more equity? for these schools inside of our gaming curriculum how can we create more equity for the amateur scene which generation esports is making a massive commitment in versus what you know of us previously being high school esports middle school esports and what some know and you'll see more of in the future um parks and recs esports league mm-hmm. so it's really about hey listen what events do we have coming what partnerships do we have coming how can we go through our our different phases of marketing, which start with awareness. We just want you to know that this thing is coming pre-registration, listen, get ready registration periods. We also have pre-season for a lot of our, for a lot of our uh, different tournaments um, or seasons, for instance, spring majors coming up and fall major summer challenge. Those all have a pre-season period where you can get in and just play games and start to see what it feels like. And then we have our regular season and then obviously our championships. It's coordinating streams with our social media director. It's figuring out what messaging we can put behind to support the different partnerships and sponsorships to support the updates coming with the product. Um, it's just so much fun because it's a lot of problem solving and we are constantly recreating standard operating procedures to better serve our full mission, which is making gaming available to more and really supporting, like we said, that amateur gaming scene.
0: For sure. And so I imagine it's a hefty day for you as always. And so uh, this, this will be a little break for you coming up to towards the end of the year or, or not. Maybe I don't, I don't know the schedule, but you got to get stuff going on. And so Charlie, I guess same question for you. What is your day as president of education and research at Jenny uh, Jenny sports look like for you
2: right now. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I can get this curriculum into as many districts as possible as fast as possible. Um those ESSER funds have a time limit a time limit on them. Um so I I'm making connections, um do, doing some quick Google searches, uh, but usually my day-to-day is Meet with my team, Dr. Christy Custer and Dr. Michael Russell or Mike Russell um, and just get updates from them. They're working on a 2.0 Gaming Concepts 2.0, which will also unlock more funds for schools through CTE funds. Hmm. Um, And then I have Dr. Chris Jensen, who is working on a mental health research study with schools. Um, So uh, and then starting in January, I'm bringing on two more people that will uh, start our parks and rec initiatives. So I, we launched something in the past, but I I decided I'm going to take it into my hands to, uh, to create um, what I want to see or what they want to see uh, in the parks and rec world. And so it's all over the place. And then I try to walk around the office and Pump people up. <laughs> um, I might get annoying sometimes, but I, I just love this so much. So I want people to have the the same energy as me. But you know, they're busy doing <laughs> doing the the tasks that they were hired for. But <laughs> I try to have fun with everybody, and um, sometimes I'll play games. But really, it's my mind's on this almost all day, every day. My girlfriend, she'll when I get home and I'll just be staring off. I'm I'm thinking about the future of this company. Um, so I, it's the first thing I think about when I wake up and pretty much the last thing I think about of the day. And um, so really it's a lot of coming up with ideas and executing. Uh, execution is, is, some people don't know how to do it, um, but we hire people that do. Um, and so that's like Marcus, like you said, great hire. Uh, I love Marcus. So when I first met him the first time in person, it was just like, uh, this guy's a foot and a half taller than me, but <laughs> he's got the energy. And, uh, uh, that's what we try to hire here. It's, it's people that are super passionate and, um, have the right attitude because if you have the right attitude, you can do anything in this world. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm just living the dream. Um, it's a dream job for, for,
0: for sure. For sure. And obviously you also have those, those boys you're, you're raising and everything like that as well. How important have they been to kind of push you forward in, in, in helping build this company? And maybe they give you a different perspective on things. Because I know they got to be at a gaming age now, right? Oh, yeah. They're 12 and a half. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. They're gaming.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I had them very young. So uh, it's no, they they were definitely the main. um one of the main motivators for me to uh start this and pursue it is like i'm i'm doing it for them because hopefully by the time they get to they're in middle school they're in 6th right now but um by the time they get into that age they can be a part of the esports team um or have the class which by the way my old school district has said they want to adopt the curriculum and i know they have a team um so uh, my kids are excited for that, and uh, yeah, I'll go to them. They play a lot of Roblox, and I think Roblox is going to be—it's already huge, but their future is looking even bigger. Um, and you know, they have an education initiative, and we just spoke with their their, their head of their education stuff uh, the other week, and so we're going to try and build out stuff around Roblox, um, and it's. Yeah, so I'll go to them. I'll go, what, have you heard of this game? <laughs> and they're like, uh, that's a... No, don't play that game, or you guys should do this. And they actually wrote a proposal oh, for goodness. our uh, competitive team, uh, because <laughs> the people here d- know nothing about Roblox when it comes to the games, um, and there's a million games on Roblox, so I said, hey, boys, put together a proposal. I'll help them out, because I've seen a million of them by now, but I need, you need to put this kind of information in there because that's, what's going to be important. And they did that. We still haven't um, pitched it yet, but they're excited to do that. And they, they're excited to get to work. And they're like, when can I become an intern at your company? And I was like, eight, you have to be 18. So, (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um,
2: and then you can come, come work. But uh, so I tried to instill that and then um, what it takes to uh, follow your dream and um you know you can you can go outside the box you don't have to follow what i was taught um you know go to college and get the job and start the family now it's completely different but yeah they're i would say number one motivator for me um and they help out a lot actually so it's fun and then i spend most of my time outside of work with them
0: that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And so I, I know you guys are mentioning the future a lot here. And so let's, let's close out the interview with pretty much what excites you about the future. What excites you about overcoming a challenge in the next year in, in 2022? Cause you know, this is a big, big kind of event coming up. We're kind of trying to move more into that post pandemic period. We're, we're, we're doing a lot, a lot of things with schools, with esports. What excites you guys about the future of this company moving forward into the next year? Uh, let's, let's start with Marcus here.
1: Yeah. You know, Charlie knows a few more of the things happening behind, behind the scenes. Um, but you know, for me, it's just, this is our first time that we're going to be doing the types of events in the manner that we're doing. We've got actual content teams. We've got an actual creative director, uh, excuse me, uh, a creative direction department. You know, we've got um, the UPA's world championship for NBA 2k coming up in January. That's out in Vegas. Mm. Really excited to get, to, to connect more with that 2K community. Then we've got um, spring major, which is happening. It's gonna start, uh, I believe registration opens January 10th. Um, and then, you know, we're gonna go into the summer where we're gonna have summer challenge. So this is gonna be, you know, we've got so many better processes and, and we've experienced so much more. So now it's just gonna be really fun to make that content and connect with the community. You know, we've got so much more growth over on Discord. Please come over and join, you know, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about channels, but you know, the Generation Esports and High School Esports League you know, a discord channel. So we're just excited to be able to connect more with our users, hear what they want, learn from, from what they didn't like and continue getting better every time. And as long as we're doing that, then, and, then that means that, that we're, we're serving our users in the esports community and, you know, we're gonna keep pushing.
0: For sure. And, and Charlie, I guess, same question. What excites you about the future of the company coming in the next year? And I guess uh, what, what are some exciting initiatives that you can, you can share that you, you don't have to share. If, 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 if it's in the reps, don't share it, but if you can share them, go nuts.
2: Um, yeah. Everything involved with the mental health study. Um, I think that's going to be huge and um, make a huge impact uh, after this summer, once it's all complete and, Um, everything with the curriculum, uh, Mike and Christy, what they're building out is amazing. The parks and rec stuff I'm super pumped for too. Uh, Mason is as well. He's more hands off with all that stuff. He's, he's got bigger (laughs) stuff to handle, you know, uh, steering the company the right way. Uh, but also, um, the college stuff that I'm, I'm, I'm working with, uh, our head of collegiate stuff. uh, Billy Howard, he's helping build out what we want to do with the college scene as far as uh, courses and um, degrees, but we got to start somewhere. So I have a lot of things on my plate, but actually one of the most exciting things is tech related that we've been working on for the past few months i can't talk about that but i I know it's going to be awesome i want to use it so once it's done and launched um i think we're gonna also have a big impact with how people um are involved with esports um in in a tech way so it's yeah i i think this i say this every year because i'm i'm pretty optimistic about everything uh and i the, yeah this year is just going to be huge and, and and beyond and it's only the beginning um so even though i've been doing it for 10 years almost it's this is really the beginning of the next chapter so to say and uh i think uh i just want to thank all the the wonderful uh teachers and parents and people that are do- getting involved in esports whether it's building their own Leagues or getting involved with us, you you guys are making an impact on the world and um, the students and everybody who gets hyped for it and is trying to make make that change in their schools. Uh, you guys are awesome, and this couldn't be done without them. For and sure, everybody in the company, all the, all my <laughs> all the wonderful employees, you guys are awesome. So, no, of course.
0: Of course, you, you got to think the employees as well, and and the teachers. As, as someone who is uh, married to a Title One teacher right now, it's it's uh, it's truly the, the stuff you hear. It it, it uh, definitely breaks your heart sometimes. And you guys are doing well to kind of help mend those those uh, those uh, those issues as well. So thank you guys for that. And so uh, if anybody wants to reach out to you guys on social channels or discords, I guess I'll let Marcus kind of market his way into this and, and figure out how to how to plug in social channels.
1: Yeah, you know it's 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 join join Gen E. That's the main account. If you go to that, you're gonna find all of our of our of our other accounts Um, that's on twitter that's on on instagram join gen esports and then we got links to to pretty much everything else that's like the easiest way but you know again you know just kind of recap you know generation esports that's kind of our our overarching that's you know scholastic esports and you know what we're now doing inside the amateur scene and supporting that and you've got the high school eSports League obviously catered toward high school, toward educators, high school students. Um, and then we have middle school eSports League. And then we also have Parks and Rec eSports League, which you'll hopefully see more of that coming this spring and this summer. So, yeah, go there, check them all out. Of course, we're on all, all the major platforms.
0: For sure. For sure. Guys, I, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and giving us perspective on Generation Esports. You guys have been an thank absolute so pleasure. Uh, I, I hate having great guests on because I have to sign off with them. So it's it's awful. You guys make my job a lot harder because your, your stories are awesome. I want to sit here for three more hours and talk about your stories. But unfortunately, I only got the one hour ish kind of with you guys and I'm already at the limit. So uh, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I cannot thank you guys enough.
2: No, thank Thank you. That's awesome. Anytime, anytime you want to talk. Well, uh, I'm always open.
0: (laughs) Always, always. That's Charlie Riley, founder and president of the education and uh, research over at Generation Esports. And of course, Marcus Watts, director of marketing. And I'm Kevin Correa right here on the Esports Network podcast.